Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. Hi, Purse. Hi, Cersei. Can I tell you a really, really quick story to start off this to start off this episode about my cat? You know, I love to talk about my cat, but she's doing something kind of weird today, and I just have to tell someone about it. Guys, you know Olivia. I talk about Olivia all the time. So this morning, I was making my bed, and she was laying like amongst the sheets, kind of. And so, as a joke, with my cat. <laughs> I took the duvet and I covered her completely with the duvet as like a joke to be like, I don't, guys, I don't know, okay? I've literally never been this single, all right? I have jokes with my cat in the morning. So I cover her up. Anyway, I was just going to wait and see how long until she like crawled out of there kind of thing. And I go back an hour later and she's just snoozing away under the duvet. I'm like, oh, that's cute. That was at 10 a.m. this morning. It is now 7 p.m. She hasn't moved. What? She hasn't moved from under the duvet. Guys, don't worry. Every, you know, half an hour, I go lift up the duvet to make sure she's still breathing. She, she's just sleeping. But why for this long? I don't know. Is she sick? Like, is she okay? I don't know. She's never done this before. She's still in there? She's still right now in there, and I can see she's, like, moved a little bit. So she, <laughs> she was, like, on the left side, now she's on the right side, but she's still completely under the duvet. <laughs> like, guys, it's like a, you know, a duvet. It's pretty heavy. Has she eaten today? I mean, a little bit in the morning. Should I be worried? I'm a little worried. It's, okay, half of me is, like, it's really cute. Every time I lift the cover, she's, like, Brr! she's just, like, laying there being a cutie. But then I'm also like, girl's been in there for nine hours. Has she ever done that before, ever? She sleeps a lot, but she's never done this specifically, like nine hours straight under the covers. She's never done that before. Right, because I feel like normally she might sleep on the couch for a little bit or she'll like trot she'll, over yeah. somewhere else. She'll move around. She'll have some water, she'll have some food, whatever. She, you know, it's a cat's life. <laughs> okay well are you you look really worried and now you're making just, me nervous no I'm sorry I feel like I just made you nervous but I think like I'm listen I also don't know a lot about cats so maybe someone can be like oh purse it's it's normal like she's maybe she has moved around and we just don't know like maybe right now she's like on the ground <laughs> I just looked 30 seconds ago before and she was she has <laughs> Well, when you crawl into bed today, maybe be like, live. It's so cute. Anyway, I had to, I had to like let that out because I 
I don't know what the hell is going on. I really hope she's okay. Girl is, she needed, clearly she needed some time and some space away from everything and everyone. Like she can't even see the sunlight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Maybe she's just having a day. Maybe she's just like. Yeah. Maybe she's like melancholy, you know? Yeah. She could be. Yeah. She, she, you know, she's a busy girl. Just to deal with me. This might be a really dumb question. Okay, shoot. But so, like, don't judge me. Is she? I, in I heat? never judge you. Is she in <laughs> heat? No, she's not in heat. Those days are long gone for Missy Liv. She's been fixed. Oh, okay, 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 okay. And when I cats? Remember... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go on. Well, because I feel like if a cat got their period, let's say, like, because some people don't fix their cats, right? Like, not everyone would. I don't know anyone who wouldn't fix their cat. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I wasn't sure. I mean, I don't know, guys. I don't know. Like, if you're out there and you're like, I haven't fixed my cat, then God bless you. But it's pretty rare because then it's it's not really – you. it's hard to have a house pet that's not fixed. Because you never it know what, be hard. Like, what's going to happen. And the main, like, characteristic of a cat being in heat is they're loud. They're meowing, they're crying. They're like crying out for a partner basically because they're, you know, feeling a little twirly twirls. They're feeling twirly. (laughs) It's literally like a cat call. Purse, Liv is not feeling twirly today. Also cat call, I just got that. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Anyway, um, that's enough about Liv. Everyone um, send me your thoughts and prayers that she's just tired. (laughs) Um, SOS, but let's talk about some more exciting things. Yes. Like our next guest. Yes. The guest we have on the pod today, guys, has been a long time coming. This interview, we have been a huge fan of her content for like years and just like scheduling never worked out. And finally today we got to talk to her and she was so lovely. She was. And like Sarah said, it's kind of hilarious how many like back and forth messages we've had with this next guest because just scheduling could could never work out. Like when she was available, we weren't. When we were like, come on, she wasn't available. So it was just like the stars aligned and finally we were able to have this interview. And I'm so glad we did because it was just such a beautiful conversation about queerness and travel, which Sarah and I have never covered on the pod before. So we literally got a traveling expert. We did a queer traveling expert, which is something that y'all have asked for many times. And we're so happy we finally got to have our first conversation about it with the one and only Chloe. She currently goes by Chloe Beth on her channels, but she's actually in the process of rebranding a little bit to anything Chloe. So we're going to put all the information in the show notes. So at whatever time you're listening to this, you can go check out Chloe and all of her amazing content. But her content is about the queer experience, but it has roots and a huge focus in queer travel specifically. Yes. And she does showcase a lot of content with her partner, Jody. Jody. They're so cute. They're so cute. And we talk about Jodi quite a bit on this episode, which is awesome. And we actually get into a lot of like couple representation, which um, I think the queer the queer couples, I was going to say queer people find very reassuring because a lot of times, sometimes when you don't see that representation, you don't see couples that are gay, 
Sometimes you don't really know if that exists or people who look like you. And in Chloe's case, it was feminine representation, which I relate to a lot. So um, it was nice to see like those parallels. I was like, wow, that was me. Yeah. Yeah. Chloe is kind of like aha moment. And I always find it really fascinating when we have a guest on who came out a little later in life, because it truly is kind of like its own thing. Um, And it factored Chloe's age when she started exploring her sexuality factored a lot into how she dealt with it and how she came out and the whole thing. And the story is really um, beautiful. And we touch on some really important, some important stuff about how to react when someone comes out to you, especially for any of our straight listeners or anyone who has a friend or loved one who's coming out to them. I think this is a really unique and important conversation. So we can't wait to dive into it. And we're so grateful to Chloe for having it with us. Yeah. Thank you, Chloe, for joining us on our little pod called Girl on Girl. Today, it was Girl on Girl on Girl. Girl on Girl on Girl, just the way we like it. A Girl on Girl on Girl sandwich. Um, and Chloe was right in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ew. she was. <laughs> Sorry, Chloe's never going to come back after I that know. comment. Chloe just got really uncomfortable. Actually, Jody, if Jody's No, Jody's. Jody's uncomfortable. I'm sorry, Jody. I'm sorry, everyone who had to hear that. Yeah, sorry, guys. So from now on, I'll be taking over. It's Sarah's last day on the podcast. Yeah, um, the podcast is going to be called Girl from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. Girl. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I laughed. Yeah, me too. I laughed. I laughed and laughed and laughed. laughed. If you guys want to find Chloe. Yeah, let's shut up and talk about Chloe. (laughs) It's because we're so into ourselves. We're so narcissistic. So narcissistic. If you want to find Chloe, you can find her at the Chloe Beth. That's C-H-L-O-E-B-E-T-H. And once she launches her brand new website, which is going to be all things queer travel, you'll be able to find her at anything Chloe. That's C-H-L-O. That's about it. I think we should jump into this crumbles. The cookie crumbles right into this conversation with Chloe. Enjoy. Well, it's nice to finally meet you. I know. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. It feels like this interview has been like a year in the making. Yeah. We're excited to have you. We're going to dive into a bunch of stuff with you, but we want to talk to you about queer travel, which is something that we haven't talked to a guest specifically about yet. And we've had um, requests from listeners. We've had multiple listeners say, can can you have someone on or talk to each other about like, Queer, safe queer travel, mm-hmm. the whole thing. And as much as we love to travel, I mean, purse, you don't have like that much travel under your belt. Like we're like, we need to get an expert on, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll try my best to be that for you. For anyone who hasn't seen your content or is meeting you for the first time, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? How do you identify and what are your pronouns? Yeah, so hello everybody. Um, my name is Chloe and my pronouns are she, her. I identify as queer, sometimes pansexual, sometimes not sure about the label. Um, Just kind of like I'm dating a woman and that's all I know so far. 
Um, I and that. I am a queer content creator talking about lifestyle and travel things. And you're based in Vancouver, right? Yes, newly. So I lived in Toronto for six years. Um, and then about a year and a half ago, I moved out west to Vancouver. I grew up here, but I left right when I graduated high school. And so we've been here for, yeah, a year and a half out on the west coast. Which do you like better, west coast or Toronto, Toronto life? Okay, this is so controversial. I actually like Toronto. <gasps> I do. I know. I know. And everyone's like, what? How can you Vancouver so beautiful? And blah, 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 blah. But like... I think with Vancouver, it's so centered around like the outdoor activities and, and I don't mountain bike or snowboard. <laughs> so I feel like I, I'm like missing that, like reason to be here. Um, but Jody yeah. on the other hand is obsessed with it. So we're, we're working mm. through, we're working through where we're going to be. It's a happy me. I mean, you can snowboard in Ontario. You can mountain bike. It's I'm, been I mean, <laughs> <laughs> okay if someone this is the thing though like if you snowboarded here and then you like pop over to Ontario you're like this is like a flat yeah it's like a hill so it's <laughs> yeah I like I don't even I would never suggest I'm like if you if we move back to Toronto you just need to find different hobbies because it's not there's no like comparison to here but no I love 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 Toronto I just feel like the energy there is more inspiring and the community there it just feels more alive. So we'll see more to come trying to figure our lives out. Yeah. Um, just to echo that, I also moved from Toronto to Vancouver recently. And I have to say, I mean, I've only been in Vancouver a short time, unlike you, where you grew up here. But I have to say that I completely agree with the energy community aspect. I don't feel that in Vancouver, in Toronto. I, f I feel it it's like alive. Is that what you said? You said the word alive, It's alive. Right? Yeah. That's exactly it what it is to me. Yeah. Okay, as soon so as I where, go back. Where are you there, living? I'm in Kits. Okay. I'm an East fan. Um, oh, you're an East fan. East yeah. Cool. Which like, I was really excited about because it's like the queer neighborhood for women. Um, and I was like, yes. oh, it'll be popping, which it kind of is. But I also feel like with everyone going to and from the mountains, it's very hard like, are you queer or are you just like dressed in mountain equipment co-op because you're outdoors? <laughs> <laughs> like, not that there's a queer look, but like, you know. Yeah, there is a I mean, there are many queer looks. OK, and one of them definitely is like mountain, mountain. hundred percent, hundred percent like Birkenstocks, Blundstones, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, that's like everyone true. in the city. Um, so, okay. I didn't know that you moved out to Vancouver. Well, welcome. And I hope you like it more than I do. Thank you so much. You know what? I like it. I like it. I'm still getting a hang of it. It's good. But if I had to choose one city, that's like the city that I feel most, yeah, alive in, it's Toronto. What brought you out? Work. I work for Lululemon. Classic. Mm. Well, you're in the Mecca. So then. classic. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the anyway. place to be for Lulu. 100 percent oh, yeah it really is i mean like i say feel like 60 to 70 percent of the people who live here work for lulu absolutely <laughs> and kids specifically yeah literally we're all in kids and we all do yoga 100 <laughs> percent could not be more of a stereotype <laughs> um, hey, but i won't lie i love i i live in lulu always have always will so i'm one of them same Sorry, girl we're on a tangent 
<laughs> yeah, enough about me. Is this interview about me? Um, I want to bring it back to you being queer. Um, <laughs> Fair. We're all here. Happy, happy to talk about Van more, but um, we love yes. asking this question on the pod. Did you have an aha moment when you realized you were queer? I had such an aha moment. So I didn't actually come out till I was 24. And it's not like I knew and I kind of kept it in for a while. I like fully thought I was a thousand percent straight until my aha moment. So I was 24 and I was having a summer Euro trip as one does. And I was on a bus, uh, like an overnight bus ride. And, um, there was this really beautiful, really tall man that sat beside me, but then like across the aisle from us was um, a queer couple of two femme presenting women. And this like guy sat down beside me and I was like, ooh, cute. And then I looked across the aisle and I was like, ooh, also cute. And I had like the <laughs> full bus ride to just like sit and be like, I'm so drawn to this couple, like across the aisle when like, usually I would be like all about the guy beside me. And it was just this really weird extended moment where I was like, I'm, I've never, like I, it was the first time I think I've ever seen femme queer women, maybe like in person, but also like maybe ever. Mm -hmm. um, and I saw it and I was like, whoa, okay. And then six hours to like sit and ruminate on this. Um, after that bus ride, I was like, okay, you gotta explore this. Like it came out of nowhere. And there was like a bit of me that was kind of like, let's push that aside. That seems hard. But mm -hmm. um, I think because I was a little bit older, I was at the point where I was like, okay, like obviously this isn't just a coincidence. I don't think straight, straight people are like really enthralled staring at queers um, in like a loving way. Um, so right. yeah, that was the moment. And I was like, okay, so I have to do something about this. So I finished my, my trip in Europe. And then when I got back to Toronto, I promised myself I would attempt to date women. And then that was, and then I met Jody. So here we are. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> That's so interesting. Like, yeah. especially how that moment, like seeing that femme couple just made you feel that way and then led you to meeting your partner. I think that's so I cool. know. It's the strangest feeling to be like, I'm 24. Like I kind of know myself. I've been dating men for 10 years. Like I've lived with boyfriends. It's like, and then just like one moment, it was like, totally switched my perspective around um and it actually like really shook me because I it's a lot to realize something about yourself that you didn't see coming right I think yeah because I was a little older I dealt with it right away I think if I had kind of felt these feelings when I was like a teenager or whatever I think it probably would have been harder to come to terms with but yeah that moment and then I got back to Toronto and Toronto being like the best, I think the best place to be if you're like queer and trying things out for the first time. I switched my Tinder to include women. And then, yeah, Jody came up and um, it's been six years. So it worked out. <laughs> you guys have been together six years? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Congrats. Time flies. Seriously. Okay. Feels like that... yesterday. I have, I want to dig into this aha moment just a little bit more. I'm curious for you, do you feel like it's just interesting because 
you're 24. You've been on a long bus ride before. You've probably you've seen queer couples around before. Like, what do you think it was in retrospect about this particular moment? Do you think it was maybe seeing femme presenting a femme presenting couple together for the first time? Was it just like the longevity of the trip? Like so many hours to sit with it? Like, what do you think made this different from maybe any other moment you had experienced before? I think it was a few things. I think definitely the femme presenting couple, like it's, it's like what everyone says. When you think of a lesbian or a queer woman, um, especially like when I was growing up, um, you think of like someone with short hair, um, like the stereotype lesbian. And for whatever reason, it just never occurred to me that like, like I grew up dancing, um, like super girly in air quotes. Um, and I just never thought, I never considered that for myself. I never thought it was an option. And so I think seeing those two people who dressed like me, looked like me, um, and just had like really feminine energy was part of it. I think, yes, the extended period to just like sit there and like face the feelings (laughs) probably helped. But I also think that honestly, being in Europe away from like who I am on a daily basis, like away from like familiarity, away from my job, away from school, away from friends, away from family, maybe gave me like the mental space to really be like, okay, like, what is this? It's okay that it's different. Like I'm in a completely new environment, seeing countries I've never seen before. Like, and I was in a very transitional time of life too. And I think because I was totally outside of like my normal realm of existence, I was able to like, it it felt okay. It felt comfortable to address. I really don't think if, I don't know how it would have gone if I'd never gone on that bus trip. I'm sure I would have figured it out eventually, but I think it was like a very like specific mix of ingredients that like the realization and then coming to terms with it myself and then coming out happened so quickly because it was like also concentrated within like that like Europe trip and then coming home to Toronto which is the best place to be queer that makes perfect sense I feel like it's like a Toronto queer summer there's so many events happening in the city I know it's such a beautiful thing truly so when you got back to Toronto you switched your dating app Mm -hmm. Did you around this time have a coming out experience of sorts? Have you, did you, or have you come out? And if so, what was that experience like? Yeah. um, So the first person I came out to was um, a close friend. And like I said before, it was really, I didn't know. I didn't think I was queer. I didn't know I was queer. It came out of nowhere. And so I don't think I fully understood the gravity of what coming out is for someone. As someone who thought I was straight until that very moment, I had never really considered what a complicated and like nuanced experience coming out is. And so because I had put very little thought into coming out before I actually came out, I didn't do it carefully. I wasn't intentional about it. I wasn't careful about it. I literally just started telling people. Um, so yeah, started with a friend. I had a few glasses of wine and I was just like, Hey, I think I'm going to start trying to try to date women. And she was like, what? And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) And that was it. Um, 
So then I told her, you know, literally it's like, (laughs) I was so lighthearted about it at first. And then it kind of continued because very soon after I switched my dating app to include men and women, people of all genders, um, I met Jody and we talked for a few weeks and it like flowed really nicely. And I had no idea, literally no idea how to flirt with a woman. Oh <laughs> my God. It men are simple, right? Okay. It's like formulaic, right? Easy peasy. Okay. Oof. Having a having a date with someone with emotional intelligence was like a whole new ball game. A whole new ball game. <laughs> the amount of times we've heard that, like for women, the first time they date a woman, it's like emotional intelligence they've never seen before. Yes. Yeah. So um I met her um in person and then literally I think we fell in love like this, I don't know what happened, but like that love chemicals in my brain, like imploded when I saw her, um, Aww, no, seriously, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I've never been through that. I don't know what happened. It was like, something was just like meant to, it would just fit. And so after we met, we really, really quickly became obsessed with each other. Um, That's how it goes. yeah. <laughs> so because of that, I was so excited to tell everyone in my life about this new person that I was like falling in love with. So again, I just called my mom and I was like, Hey, so I'm dating someone new and it's a girl. And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like it like sounds similar with your friend. Like you were like, yeah. Cause everyone was like, what? I thought you were straight. And I was like, same. And, but like, I just like, I don't know. It just like, I like exploded out of the closet and just told everyone, like I was like, like it was nothing in retrospect. I would not recommend that approach because after I had come out to people close to me in my life, that's when I started to realize like, okay, coming out and being queer is such a massive part of my identity that I did not know I had before that moment. And it was a lot to process. It was a lot to figure out. It was, it was a lot to come to terms with and it changes your life. It changes who you are. It changes how people see you. Mm -hmm. And so if I could do it again, I probably would have taken it a a little slower. I feel like because I broached it in such a casual way, it gave people license to talk about it in a really casual way. And so then after a few months, once I realized like, okay, this is actually a really serious thing that I'm going through. This is a lot of change, a lot of things to process. And I'm in this really new relationship. The people around me kind of were confused as to why I was like recoiling. And then it was, it was hard. Like coming out is really hard. And I didn't anticipate it being difficult because I, I was the, I was dumb. I wasn't thinking about it. I was just so excited to like be in love. Um, worth. Yeah. And so maybe you didn't process it in the way. Not at all. No. And then like, I was very happy go lucky about it. Even Jody who had been out for a few years was kind of like surprised by how easy it seemed for me to come out at first. Then after I processed it a bit, I was like flooded with internalized homophobia. And Mm. I, and I was like, Oh my God. Like, it, it just like shook me to my core. So like from the outside at first, I was like, 
owning it, like so comfortable with PDA, introducing my girlfriend to everyone, telling my colleagues. And luckily, like this is from within a context of someone who's white, femme presenting, straight passing, cis in Toronto with liberal friends and family. So like that, I think is also why I thought, well, I know no one in my life is really going to have an issue with it. So let me just tell everyone all at once and get over with. It'll be really easy. But I didn't consider the implications for me internally and how it changed the way I see the world. So yeah, it was like, started really happy and positive and easy and lighthearted. And then it was kind of like, whoa, this is a major moment. But like no one, if, if you're not queer and you haven't had someone close to you come out, I feel like a lot of people don't understand the gravity of it. If you're someone privileged like me, who is safe with friends and family and supported by friends and family. And so, yeah, that's, that's how it happened. And it's t- it took me years, really years to feel comfortable with it. Yeah. It's almost I- like a constant journey because there's so much discovery that you're doing about yourself and unlearning, especially 100%. like coming out a bit later in life at 24. It's a lot to, mm-hmm. you know, you said it just yourself, like you identified as straight for so many years. Like this is who you thought you were. Um, yeah. You're right. It is a big deal. It's huge. Yeah. Um, I actually think that's really good advice and maybe advice that we haven't really heard on the pod before, because I think it's really easy to default, especially speaking from the straight perspective, it's easy to default to like, oh, my friend came out to me, celebrate, like you mentioned that a lot of people spoke really casually about it to you, your friends and family. And I think it's easy to jump right into that because you want to celebrate this person in your life and you you don't want it to like it's not a big deal being queer and i actually feel like sometimes that can do a little more damage than good which is maybe what you experienced i i think that's a really interesting perspective when yeah. someone does come out to you like you know there maybe there's no right or wrong way to react but taking it seriously even if the person is a little bit more brazen about it like you were right yeah because like i think no matter what if someone's coming out to you even if they're saying it in a really casual way either a they haven't realized what a big deal it is like like i hadn't or b they're playing it off in a casual way because it's uncomfortable to talk about and so i think as a queer person you're right like it, it is when friends and family are like oh, no big deal. I don't see you any differently. It's like, no, but like, you need to see me differently because inherently now that I'm out and queer in this wild world that we're living in, mm-hmm. it impacts my identity and who I am and how I move through the world. And so it actually, I actually had never thought about that until you said it. It's not It's not, not a big, like it's never a small thing, even if you feel like, I accept you and all of this stuff. It's still a big deal. Um, and that's actually really interesting. I had never thought of it that way, but I think you're right. Like it is never a small thing, even if the person coming out to you is playing it off or presenting it as something casual. Yeah, that's powerful. I feel like it might just be about like holding space, like creating space for it to be celebrated and to also for that person to have all the wiggle room they need to process 
or to make it a big deal because it is, you know, ask questions and you guys can have like really fascinating discussions about it. Um, yes. because I agree. Like even when I would come out to some people and they downplayed it too much or they're like, Oh yeah, well, everyone's queer now or something to me. I was like, that's really damaging. Like that's not, that's also really downplaying my experience as like a gay Indian woman. And it's a big deal for me to come out as well. Um, I've heard yeah. that before where I think they think they're saying the right thing because they, they mean it with like good intention, but I didn't make me feel good. Cause I was no. like, okay, hey, great. I was really excited to tell you and nervous, but. And like, although not everyone is queer, I wish they were, but they're not. <laughs> so. They're not 100%. They are not. There are non-queer people in this world, even though I also wish everyone was a little gay. I know. <laughs> I mean, no, but it's actually so true. Cause like it, it just hugely impacts everything about your life. So I, and I also think that's what people, a lot of straight people, not all, but a lot of straight people don't understand. It's so much more than just who you're in a relationship with or who you're attracted to. Again, it's how you move through the world completely changes your point of view, the things you have to think about, the things you care about, the things you have to consider, the way you talk about yourself, the way you feel in different environments. Like it has a massive impact in all ways. And I think what I wish happened more when I came out to my friends and family was just people asking like, how are you doing with it? How does it make you feel? How has it changed things for you? Instead of being like, amazing. I'm so excited for you. I'll definitely like come to pride and it'll be awesome. And like, we'll listen to Lady Gaga and all, which is beautiful hundred percent. But like, it's yeah, we love like, Gaga, but I'm never going to turn off born this way. Okay. No, but it's like, it's so much more than that. And I think a lot of the time you're right. Like being supportive and accepting can sometimes come across as downplaying or being too celebratory and not acknowledging or leaving space for there to be like a wide range of emotions for people who are coming out. Cause coming out is literally the wildest journey. You're up, you're down, you're happy, you're sad, you're worried, you're not, you're uncomfortable, you're feeling more like yourself than ever. It's like, woo. Mm -hmm. So. And I, when you explained, like, when you were realizing, like, you were so excited about your girlfriend, mm -hmm. it's almost like a drug, like you're on such a high, but then there's like yes. the come down where you're like, oh, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. Like so much exactly. I got to reevaluate. Exactly. So, damn. It's, uh, it's, it's always going to be a journey. I know. My favorite journey ever though, I will yeah. say. I mean, I always say it's like my favorite part about my life. Like now I can look at my gayness and be like, oh, I love it so much, even though, yeah, it used to be yeah. the scariest thing in the world at one point. Yeah. Well, and you're both people who like your gayness is a big part of what you put, how you show up in the world. Like you're both content creators in the queer space. Like that you, you, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's bigger than just how you identify. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that does add an extra layer for sure. <laughs> Is there anything that inspired you specifically to talk about your sexuality on your social media? Um, yeah. So after I came out and then went through the little roller coaster um, and kind of was getting a little bit more comfortable with being queer, I had a massive craving for connection and community. And I didn't even know that a queer content creator was a thing. And then I stumbled upon some Instagram accounts and I was like, oh my God, 
These are people talking about the exact things I'm thinking. Um, they're my age. They look like me. They think like me. Like we have so much shared experience. Um, and I just was like, so incredibly drawn to it. I just, I think because my partner had been out for years, she was already really comfortable. Like she's a lesbian. She has like lesbian family members. She's been with a long-term relationship with a woman before me. So I was on this kind of like really new self-discovery journey. And I felt like I needed to connect with people who were in a similar stage. And so once I made those connections through Instagram, um, I just felt like I had so much I wanted to talk about. And so I started writing exceptionally long captions. <laughs> you know, the ones that are so long that it's like continued in the comments. Yeah. Yeah. Like those. Um, I respect that. I respect that. It's I mean, I still do sometimes, <laughs> but it was like, I just felt, I just needed, I felt like I needed my voice to be heard, even if no one was really listening at that point. And so I didn't really start intending for it to go any specific direction. It was more just like, I have so much to say. I'm so confused about so much. And I just want to know if other people are going through it too. It also helped me a ton to just like set the precedent with people in my life who followed me, like the people I know, friends and family that like, this is who I am now. Cause you come out once. Right. Um, mm -hmm. but then after they've known you as a straight person for like 24 years, me being obnoxiously incessant about being queer on social media, I think kind of helped everyone else be like, okay, this is who she is now. Like get on board. And it made me feel like I didn't have to explain myself as much in person. So right, right. it was almost like, it started almost as like a stream of my brain, like a journal, if you will, of like stuff that was going on. And, and then it's evolved over time, but that's how it started. And honestly, like, I would say almost all of the queer friends that I have, I've met through Instagram, which has been the biggest gift, even though like there's so many queer people who are out now compared to when we were younger. Um, it's still hard to, to meet people. Um, and the community is really like what's kept me on that platform. The internet's great right. for that. We always say I like, know. even in the early days before Instagram, like Tumblr was such a good safe space for queer That's people I've heard. to actually like make friends. And now Instagram is kind of becoming that and TikTok, like everyone's mm -hmm. connecting. And I truly believe like online spaces can bring people together. There was even this massive queer picnic in Toronto at Christie Pitts. 1000 people showed up. No. And that was all That's from TikTok. That's so amazing. Oh, yeah. I love that. And I'm pretty sure all of those people who organized it met on the internet. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just amazing. It is. Yeah, it's cool to see, like, it become an actual tangible physical community when it started virtually. Yeah. Yeah, it's so cool. And I always think, like, the internet is such a blessing because when I'm making content, I think about, like, the person who's questioning their sexuality in a small town maybe in like a Republican state and like doesn't have friends or family to talk to. And I get it in my DMs too. Um, and I always think about those people and just to be visible and kind of be like, I've been where you are and it's okay. And you're 
absolutely not alone and you don't have to feel isolated. Like, I think that is the power of the internet and social media. I can't even imagine what it feels like to not have access to people from around the world who mm-hmm. are going through similar things. I truly don't know what that would be like. And I just, it warms my heart to know that even if there are folks who are in places where their immediate community isn't supportive or is like overtly homophobic or transphobic or whatever it is to know that they can go and find people on the internet to at least have like a connection point with. It just, it warms my, warms my soul. Yeah. It's crucial. And we talk on the pod all the time about representation and how much it matters. And for you, um, seeing that femme couple on the train was like a very real representation right in front of you situation. And Purse has talked on the pod a bunch about for her, it was seeing Cami Scott and Shannon Beveridge YouTube videos, seeing two femme presenting lesbians in a relationship. And she was like, holy shit, I can I was do like, that. that exists. Like I literally, I think I was 21 when I saw them and I was like, whoa, this is, I really identify. Life changing. My Classic. life changed too. I yeah. binged those videos. Like, and I told Sarah later, like, why am I so invested in their lives? And later it's because I felt seen in them, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And with your content, Chloe, like you get to be that. I, and I think it's in it, it's with anyone who's creating the type of content that both you and Persis create. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope. I really hope. And <sighs> Cami and Shannon, that's such a good example. <laughs> but like literally, <laughs> honestly, um, before I knew about queers on Instagram, the only thing I could think to do was watch the FML word. That is the only thing I could think of. And I literally sat in my bed alone and watched it like straight through. I was so desperate. And like the L word should not be the only place we can go to see like them queer people. So thank God for the internet. Seriously. Loved me some Carmen though, I gotta say. Oh, really? Carmen. Okay. I was swooning. I don't want to say it, but like, I just feel like Shane is the <laughs> most attractive person. <laughs> I liked Shane's energy. I'll tell you that. Shane, I mean, Shane would break my heart, but loved her energy. I feel like Shane would be a great person to date if you were like 20 and just like trying things out. <laughs> Maybe not for like a long-term situation, but have you watched the new one? Yeah, I really liked it actually. Me too. Me too. Yeah. It's good stuff. Like I'm still a sucker for it, even though I just make fun of it. <laughs> yeah. And then we, we just talked about it, that the new season's going to come out, I think maybe oh, yeah. later this year? Question it's in production, know. I think. Gotta love the L word. So Chloe, you mentioned your girlfriend a few times now, Jody. You two post a lot of content together and... I mean, we're such a sucker for queer couple content. <laughs> like we, the amount of like queer couple accounts we follow, like we just love it. But we're curious, like what has that experience been like? And we know you guys have been together for such a long time now, but creating content together, posting content together, like has that brought you two closer? Has it been a fun experience? Has it been like a little tense at times? Like what has that been like? I feel like she would have a really different answer than I do, but okay. So at first with my lengthy Instagram captions and me just going there as like a place to voice my confusion and my experience and like really coming to terms with my sexuality, 
like I was so much of an open book. I still am maybe to a fault. And so it took a while for us to get in a place where I kind of understood how much I could share of our relationship because it's me speaking, but because I was with her during my whole coming out journey, it was very much about her and us. So at first it was an absolute learning curve. Um, we're in the groove of things now. It's been so long, but I will say working together on this stuff. Well, let me take a step back. Jody's an editor, videographer, photographer. So there could oh, cool. not be a better person um, to be Hell with because yeah. she has like obviously a ton of knowledge and interest in cameras and um, all of that. So it's fun to get together to do creative stuff. Um, now that we've kind of worked out some of those kinks on like how much I can share, um, what photo she's comfortable being in, where she's not. I will say though, we will never have a couple's account because we are both stubborn as hell. <laughs> and we have very different like creative styles and creative visions for what kind of content we want to put out. Okay. So, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so, um, like if, if you, if you look at her account, um, she doesn't post as much as I do, but it's really different from mine. So it's really fun to have like something we can come together on. But at the same time, we're very clear now on like the boundaries and like this content is your style. This is my style. Yeah. Um, and then with me talking so much about my career experience, just knowing there's like some stuff that we just don't go into. And I feel like when people follow me, they, they think they know everything in my life, which is actually quite funny to like meet people in person. And they're like, oh yeah. And then you do this, this, da, 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 da. And I'm like, okay, yeah, but there's actually a lot of stuff that happens that I don't share. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. It's, it's a really odd feeling, but like inherently, I just want, I just like, I'm so TMI. So <laughs> sometimes I'm like, okay, here's what I actually want to say. And then I'll be like, babe, can I post this? And she's like, okay, let's reel it in. <laughs> <laughs> she's your editor. She's your also editor. like, you know, like your parents follow you. You just like, you know, you gotta, for sure you got to edit yourself down sometimes, but, um, yeah, it's, um, we're, we're good at it now. And then also my favorite part is when we're old and like crusty, we're going to have so many photos and videos Aww. to look back on and be like, Oh, remember when we were youthful? And like, it's, it's even just like fun to look back on, like when we started our, our relationship. And then when I started sharing on Instagram, look, looking back and being like, Oh my God, we were so young and silly. And I, it's like the wildest timeline of our lives. It's just really cool. So overall really positive, but, um, we've learned what works. Like it is hard. I think working with your partner in any capacity is, is challenging at times. Mm -hmm. It's Absolutely. all about boundaries, but it sounds like you guys have figured out a way to make sure that you're both still individuals in this, in this partinership. It's not just like you two are one entity. You're two. We, we are so people. different. We couldn't be. And so like, sometimes I follow a ton of, of, um, couple accounts and sometimes I genuinely don't know who I'm talking to. Like when in the DMS and stuff, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> that happens with our podcast too. I feel like people think they're talking to Persis and I'm like, Sarah here. Yeah. I'm going to well, just let Persis answer this because I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> 
and then like I'll meet them sometimes I meet accounts in person they're not accounts they're humans I meet humans in person um and I'm like I don't know whose personality is what um but I love following a couple accounts because like it's so cute and that's exactly what I needed when I was first coming out but no just by nature of our personalities we were too different to like Jody posts videos of her like mountain biking down the mountain and like really like beautiful shots of like nature and scenery and meanwhile I'm over here being like another kiss photo Aww. <laughs> like to cheesy music you know so this is a very different style but we live for it and also speaking at what you were saying about like the time capsule you've created another thing I love about your content specifically with Jody, and now knowing Jody's <laughs> a, a photographer videographer is like yeah some couples would like only have that quality of a photo shoot maybe twice in their whole relationship you know what I mean like it's a but you guys just have beautiful professionally done photography like it seems <laughs> it seems like left right and center what a dream it's like the amount of times I've had someone be like oh my god this is an engagement photo and I'm like no 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 just no another day. day I just happen to be wearing a, a ring <laughs> yeah it's funny it's 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 wild like content like being a content creator was not a thing for like an older generation right so we're just going to be this weird generation that has like so much record of their lives and their existence is it's going to be wild imagine the slideshows yeah. how long the slideshows at our funerals will be so oh much content <laughs> it could be a full a feature that. movie like yeah. a film about a feature film yeah that's what i want for my funeral purse and anyone else listening i would I want it to be like a film festival. So everyone creates a feature film about me. Perfect. And then it's like a whole weekend long and you can Oh my God, and it could be chronological. So it'll be like, here were yeah. the Snapchat days where you have like the bunny filter and like the embarrassing shit we used to send on Snapchat. Can we and please then, tell? And the dog. Well, can, can you yes. please tell Chloe what your Snapchat username is? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So real quick, I don't know if we've said this on the pod, but when I first got Snapchat, my friends and I got it and we didn't know it was going to blow up. We thought it was going to be a stupid app that only our friends use to like send stupid pictures to each other. So I let my friend make my name um, and he made it gingergrind69. And I kept it for years. I kept it into like the age where co-workers would be asking for my snapchat you know what i mean and i would just be like yeah it's ginger grind 69 add me um and that that right there why? is the, the title of your funeral film <laughs> can someone please tell me why i never changed the name like i just didn't for some reason didn't care i was like 22 and stupid um but anyway i deleted my snapchat so you can't find ginger grind 69 anymore it's gone into the void. <laughs> Oof. I'm so happy that Snapchats go away. I know. Oh yeah, they disappear. I deleted mine too. I never used it. Oh my God. The, the other week I found an album on my iPhone that, so Snapchat, I think used to like save automatically, like save the photos you took with it. So I found this album on my iPhone that I didn't realize was there of like all my old Snapchats. And I was like, <gasps> This needs to disappear from the planet in this exact moment. I think I know which one you're yes. talking about. I feel like that that happened to me too. Yes. Isn't it called Snapchat? 
Yes. We, like some apps just like download all the things like Lightroom does WhatsApp that WhatsApp does that too. Yeah. 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 But I like just, it was in like the deep depths of my phone. And I guess like, because it's all on iCloud, every time I got a new phone, it would just like transfer over and I just never looked at it. And the other day I was like, Oh my God. Like the aggressive selfie angles from like up here in the air and <laughs> like horrifying. The it was, it's horrible. Oh yeah. Those can go, those can, yeah. Fall off the face. Early 20 then... Snapchats. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Yeah. Not forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just to close off this combo on social media, we did pretty much already talk about this, but if you had to like sum this up, why do you think social media is so crucial for so many queer people? I think it's the visibility and the connection really. Um, because it's not something that you have inherently in your real life. It's just like the most beautiful thing that people from all around the world can find each other who are going through similar things. Um, I think one of the hardest things about coming out is you're doing it by yourself. Like it's not something that all your friends are going through together, unless you're blessed and you have <laughs> an amazing friend group who's all coming out at the same time. Cause I feel like that would be magic, but for most people you're alone in it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think having the connection and just being able to see other people going through the same things. And then also see, like, I think it's about coming out, but it's also about like queer joy in general like mm -hmm. it's not all hard it's not all sad those moments those hard and sad moments are hugely important but I also think a lot about like queer joy especially in like the state of the world um and putting like a little bit of like hope for people um who are going through hard times or maybe feel like they're not there yet or they're still getting comfortable or they they're still at the parent, their parents' house and like, they're not accepting. Like I have a lot of people who message me who are like, my family's homophobic. Like, I just can't imagine being able to live out and proud and like just being joyful and queer and visible, I think can be like a light at the end of the tunnel in a way for people. Um, totally. Not that it's all cotton candy and rainbows. Well, it's all rainbows, but not that it's all like sweet and easy, <laughs> but yeah. I think, I think about that a lot, like happy queer adults. That's beautiful. Dad, I, I, I don't know if that gets said enough. I think that's a great point, Chloe. It's like queer joy is, is crucial. And like when you show. think about like queer characters and stuff in the media, it's like, like we always say, it's like they are killed off or they're an alcoholic or they're sad or they're shamed from the L word. Like, it's like, yeah, there's not a lot of just like fully functioning queer people with healthy relationships. And like, so I think social media comes in and plays the big role with that. Yeah. Even when Happiest Season came out, we've talked about this before on the pod. And remember, everyone was so excited for like this lesbian Christmas movie. And then, and I mean, I kind of love Happiest Season, but you know, the whole story was rooted in this like, shame struggle. struggle yeah complete struggle it wasn't just like a happy love story no no but we love you case do love you listening <laughs> so much just Sorry. have to throw that in case do the outfits everything just in case, i don't want her to think we don't like her like if because she's obviously listening and we're like you know <laughs> yeah we're obviously. super fans so yeah <laughs>
Okay, let's talk about queer travel because that is something you're super passionate about. You talk about it a lot in your content. But before we dive into queer travel specifically, can you tell us your favorite place you've ever traveled to in the world? That's a big question. It's a really hard question. I don't even know if I could answer that. So I the first thing that comes to mind is my most recent trip. So that might be why. But um, Portugal is mind-blowing um exceeded every expectation i had um i went with my partner and lisbon uh, we spent a week there so queer like is it i the okay not in the sense that there's like flags flying everywhere but just the amount of queer couples i saw openly holding hands and like on dates kissing out and about from like all areas of like the gender spectrum presentation it was like it was amazing like more than any european city i've ever been to which i just didn't expect portugal yeah Yeah. yeah and i felt really really comfortable holding hands again we're both straight passing white people so that's like my experience but yeah we felt really comfortable and everyone was just like so lovely and like everywhere we turned there were queers i i just it I didn't expect it at all. So it was amazing. I love being surprised when there's queers popping out from everywhere um, when we're traveling. <laughs> they're popping out of the out of the car. They're, they're always popping out like little, yeah, little gophers or whatever. <laughs> I love that visual for some reason. Me too. <laughs> like that's queer joy. <laughs> that's great joy right there. <laughs> oh my exactly. God. Lisbon um, also is just like, beautiful amazing food nice people the hills are a lot like just warning anyone who wants to visit for the first time there's some hills no like be prepared like you get some like good ass cardio yeah yeah your your butt and your um hammies are like popping by they popping like all the queer people <laughs> with popping booties is that's right <laughs> essentially the lisbon mo no, but like I just, just got really excited. Physically <laughs> <laughs> like, excited. You're gonna be like in Lisbon, just like checking out bums, being like, "Where are all these popping booties?" Um, yeah, you'll know where to find me. This <laughs> <laughs> goes off the grid. <laughs> no, but like it's such a cool city because it's one of the oldest cities in Europe, but it has like a very urban feel. So you've got like, like you know, when you're in, in Paris or whatever, and it's like obviously stunning and everything's like ornate and beautiful and pristine so like take that architecture and then you pop it in lisbon and then you just like graffiti all over it and like street art all over it so it's this really interesting dichotomy between like the old and then the new like funkiness what makes like queer travel a unique experience specifically like if you have to say like it's different from obviously traditional traveling um Mm -hmm. what are the standouts there um I think it just means that you have to think there's like another layer to the locations you choose and the things you do and where you'll feel safe. And then, I mean, it also depends if you're visibly queer or if you're with a partner, it's just a whole nother consideration of even where you choose to go based on like the laws that they have. So yeah, I think it's kind of like makes it less fun (laughs) in a lot of ways, but I also think that being visible and queer all over the world in a way that is safe is pretty powerful so 
Yeah. And speaking of that, what tips do you have for any listeners? Because like we said at the beginning of the convo, we've had a lot of listeners ask for tips about queer travel and a lot of listeners who really enjoy traveling and maybe are kind of just at the beginning of their coming out experience as well. So to travel safely and enjoyably, do you have any tips for our listeners? Yeah. So for me, it all starts with research. Like I, A, you got to figure out your stance on like, if you're willing to go to a place where maybe queers aren't protected under law or whatever, um, and B, um, depending on who you are and who you're traveling with, um, choosing places that you've either like verified are queer safe, um, or you've heard from other queer people going there. I think like the, the, something that I do all the time is I reach out to like the local pride organizations in the city. So like my partner and I were going to, um, Rome and we, knowing that Italy's like a super Catholic place, um, we reached out and said, Hey, like we're Canadians, we're coming, like, what's your perspective on PDA? And they actually wrote back and said, don't show PDA. Our recommendation would be to just like go without it. And so um, we always do that type of research at the start of the planning, um, just to make sure that like, as much as it sucks, um, we know how to adjust our behaviors, um, based on where we are and who we're around. Um, I also think like follow queer content creators who cover travel, because Mm. my goal is to go to these places and be able to say from my experience, Um, like my personal experience. And then also like my conversations that I've had with the local LGBTQ organizations there, here's what I know about being queer. Um, Because the other thing is, is regardless of what the laws are, the social attitudes towards queerness is kind of hard to tell unless you actually go there or if you've talked to someone who's been there. Yeah. Um, And so read blogs, like do all the the internet research. Um, But I think like, if all else fails, just reach out to like their, their pride organization or someone who's been there to verify honestly, like safety first, which sounds so momish, but like, it's really, it's really hard to tell how you'll feel. Um, unless you've talked to someone who's been through it. And then when you're there, I always just say like err on the side of caution. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, not only as a queer person, but like in general, um, totally. Yeah. Like, even with Jody and I being Ben passing and white, we still sometimes like, we don't really like hold hands if, if we're not sure, um, better safe than sorry. But I also, I feel so passionately about like the gift that is traveling. And I think seeing the world and breaking down those barriers and seeing how other people live is so powerful and will genuinely make the world a better place. So I think if there's a way you can make it work safely, um, go take the trip. Hell yeah. Um, do you, that's such a hot tip to reach out to local organizations. Have you found that those organizations have been helpful in, um, suggesting queer friendly, uh, accommodations because I would imagine for hostel travel or even Airbnb travel that's like a very important aspect of safety 
Yeah, absolutely. Like from my experience, they're all like more than happy to um, give the details. I also think that's where content creators can come in handy. Like Mm -hmm. I'm happy. And I know like a lot of other people who cover queer travel are happy to share like literal links to the Airbnbs we stayed in, names of hotels, names of restaurants where we went on a date. Like I'm actually my new website that I'm launching is all about travel. So I'm going to offer like really detailed itineraries where it's like, here's literally the coffee shops we went to and everything. Um, and then any feedback on how I felt, um, being there and anything that I learned about the queer community. And I think, I think like, I think everyone likes to share those tips. Like I, I would say, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, people, especially like fellow queers, are more than likely super, super happy to help. And they might offer insights that you would not even consider. Totally. So yeah, I think that's like where the power of the community comes in. Like just ask. You are obviously an amazing resource. Do you have any favorite travel content creators or blogs that you would suggest everyone also follow? Yes. Instagram, 27 travels. Um, oh yeah. Gabby and Shanna, they're really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, Ravi around the world is uh, New York based and he, he travels a ton. He's a, like a gay man. So it could be a little bit different. Local Vancouver travel influencers, Leslie, the world, Katie and Steph, they have traveled a ton. Um, and their blog has a lot of, they have a series called how lesbian friendly is. And then they cover like all the locations they've been to. That's awesome. Um, we are wandering travel, Els and Steph. They live in the UK. They're they do van life. They're amazing. Um Once Upon a Journey, they're based in, I think, Amsterdam. There's so many. There's so many. Um That's amazing. We're gonna they, link all of those in the show notes. Like if you're looking for beautiful photography, all of those people just like have the most amazing photos. But yeah. I think they're all like super, super friendly and um, have traveled a ton. So between all of those different accounts, I feel like if you're looking for information on a certain location, you should probably be able to find it. That's amazing. And then if our listeners want to follow you for all the beautiful content and hot tips, where do they go? You can go to on Instagram. I'm at the Chloe Beth and I'm about to launch my new website, which will have pretty much exclusively travel content. The first few articles will probably be about Portugal because I'm on a Portugal like kick right now. And the website will be anythingclo.com. Um, and that will be like everything travel with links and all of that. So I'm hoping that can be a really good resource. We cannot wait for that. And just to confirm the spelling, anything mm-hmm. and then C-H-L-O-E mm-hmm. or no E? C-H-L-O. No E. So fun. A little nickname. <gasps> We're so stoked for you. Okay, we will link that in the show notes as well, even though it's still work in progress and it hasn't launched yet, just in case someone's listening to this down the line as they do and they can still go and see all the amazing places mm-hmm. that you're going. Yeah. Awesome. Yay. Is there anything else that you want to plug or promote? Anything exciting coming up? Okay. I do want to plug my girlfriend. She'll probably kill me, but please do. Um, you have to follow Jody Gordon Media on Instagram and YouTube. She puts out, so she's a video editor, like that's her her day job. And she puts so much work into these amazing videos. Like the editing is next level. They're like 
beautifully told stories with like funky cuts and it's like it's amazing um so jody gordon media on instagram and youtube um and she covers our trips as well in youtube videos so you'll see some portugal content there yes um, we'll be checking yeah. that out yeah hell yeah also side note about portugal i went <laughs> i went to portugal when i was 18 i think and got so excited I got a tattoo of the Portuguese armillary sphere you know the thing in the middle of the flag <laughs> like oh I got like God. it's on my back like in the middle no. like big. <laughs> no. and every That's time a Portuguese person a sees memory. it they're like are you Portuguese I'm like no I'm just no. a white just chick super went, passionate about it yeah yeah just okay. you know 18 and loved it so I, honestly my- guys I, I wouldn't reco <laughs> Jody went to Costa Rica when she was probably like 19 and she got Pura Vida tattooed across the top of her foot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jody, we're laughing with you, girl. Yeah, we're, we're laughing, laughing with you. With Jody's you. laughing too in the other room. <laughs> She's probably listening and being like, oh my God, can you Why stop? Are you this out? <laughs> yeah. No, it's right on the top of her foot. So like, it's no secret and it's big. It's like fully across the, yeah, yeah. That is dedication. I'm obsessed. I know, that. I know. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> ridiculous. Don't get tattoos when you're talking. You're a <laughs> Yeah, guys, don't like, just like think about it. Before think about you, it for a half. Take a beat, a yeah. Day. If I, I had thought about say, it like, for a day. If you still want it in the morning, then maybe. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And you know what? If it represents a moment in time, you probably won't regret it. Yeah, maybe. Depends what it is, though. It really yeah. depends what it is. Yeah. Like all those. Yeah, no, I don't know. Well, I, yeah. Bad tattoos is like a whole nother episode, I think. Yeah, we'll, we'll do another. That. Yeah, we'll bring you back. Chloe 2.0 will be all about bad tattoos. That's it. Nothing queer related, just bad tattoos. We, I may have given um, Jody a stick and poke and she may have given me one. <gasps> this is when we that were first falling in love. It was, but like. It's very gay. Okay. Very so gay. Can I tell the story real quick? Of course. Yes, please. Okay, so. We, it was Saturday night. We were just at home having wine. And then Jody had bought a stick and poke kit um, just like for fun. Cause we thought maybe we would do it. Um, so we got it out and she's like, it's super easy. I'll show you how to do it by doing one on myself. And I was like, okay. So she does one and it's meant to look like a sun, like a circle with like the little beams coming out of it. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a squished like bug thing. And like all the, like, it's like a, a blob that's bled and like the dots don't connect and so no. she's doing it and she's like look it's so easy and I was like you are not doing that on me <laughs> anyways I ended up letting her but what we did is I have a j on me and she has a c on her oh like keep God. in mind this is when we've been together for like hmm, maybe eight weeks like it was <gasps> outrageous and then afterwards I was like babe um, these, these fade, right? Like we didn't poke that deep. So like the ink will come off and she was like, no, like this is on you. Like it's on you. (laughs) It's like on our hip bones. So like, no, I can really see it, but like also would not recommend stick and poking (laughs) if you are not a professional. (laughs) That is truly the gayest story we've heard in a long time. A long, like the initials, 
it doesn't get gayer. I don't, I, I wouldn't do that now. Like, and, I, and we've been <laughs> together for six, six years. years. I don't know what was going on in my little brain. So the eight weeks, that's different. Love, oh, yeah. love does something to you. Yeah. And you're just, you're, like you said, your like love hormones started exploding. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't have any control over it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't me. It was, the, it was the chemicals in my brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a real thing. I know. Oh my God. We actually did an episode on that, on like the science of falling in love and all the different hormones that shoot that shoot off in all these different ways when you love someone. The wildest thing, eh? That shit is neuroscience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that story so much. Thank you so much for doing this and for That's hanging so nice. out with us for an hour and just being so like fun. real vulnerable <laughs> and like telling us all the things. And we just, we love your content so much. And we're, Aww, we're so grateful you. to, to have your voice added to our little archive. We have a, like a really beautiful, small, but beautiful listenership around the world. And they, they value these conversations so much and I, like, I think this conversation is gonna gonna um, like mean a lot to a lot of our listeners. Oh, thank you so, so, so much for inviting me. Like this has been wonderful and I love talking about this stuff. Yeah, I feel like my heart is warm and um, I just appreciate too. you, yeah. Your heart is warm. The sun is <laughs> out in Vancouver, is it? it for the first time is. ever. I know, Let's God see. bless us. I think it's yeah. out. It's Ish. dark over here. Go enjoy some sun yeah, enjoy with the Jody. Sunshine. Thank you so much. I honestly had such a nice time. Yay. Thank we you. We did too. Thank you. <laughs> we did too. We're so happy this could finally happen. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> okay. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, Sarah. Welcome to In Case You Missed It Today. Thank you so much. Please tell me something I don't know. Tell me something I don't know. Remember that Selena Gomez song? Tell me, tell me, tell me something I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that song had left my memory completely until this moment right here. Tell me, tell me, tell me something I don't know. Um, Well, this is actually some pretty big news in the motherland. That's right. It's big news for India, ladies and gents and everyone in between. And you know why? Why? Because a gay couple tied the knot in a traditional Indian ceremony in Calcutta. And it was actually like the first gay wedding in Calcutta. Ever? Ever. Oh you know, my God. Enjoy. Like that was their first time witnessing their first gay wedding. That's wild. Well, maybe the first like, probably not. There's probably been some secret ones. Do you think? I don't know. Maybe not. I, I can't confirm, but... Maybe this is like the most public one and it went viral. Like actually the reason why I found out about this first is because there's someone from my work who's really close friends with one of the partners, like one of the people. No way. (gasps) This is so exciting. So their names are Abhishek Ray, uh, married his partner, Chaitan Sharma at the city banquet hall just last Sunday on July 3rd. And there's so many beautiful pictures of the ceremony. It was attended by close friends and family members. And I think because the pictures were just so gorgeous. And also this was such a first for India. um, They truly became like internet sensations. Like they blew up. 
The pictures were gorgeous. And anyone who has seen, who's been to a South Asian wedding or seen pictures of one, like they're exceptionally gorgeous weddings anyway. So for it to be a queer wedding and to have all those beautiful colors and oh, baby, it made me feel all tingly inside. You want to know what else is going to make you feel tingly? Tell me. What Chaitin said about his partner. Oh God, I'm going to cry. He said he feels blessed and luckiest to have Abhishek as his husband, life partner, and best friend. He's a very kind and amazing person. What else can I expect from a partner, he added. And then Abhishek said, ultimately love conquers all as it has no barriers, caste, creed, religion, and most importantly, gender. So the same sex couple, the two beautiful, beautiful people, we're gonna fly off to Paris for their honeymoon. And apparently they're gonna settle abroad. They have some plans to do that. So happy for them. Um, How do you feel that this happened in Kolkata? I feel really excited. Actually, I want to um, talk to my parents about that. Pod listeners, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but um, my mom is from Calcutta in Mm -hmm. India. So it's in your blood, baby. Definitely somewhere I really want to visit eventually, but it's in my blood. I wish I was at that wedding. Why wasn't I invited? Yeah, you should have been. You're an international Indian sensation. Star. Yeah, Bollywood star. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's, you know, we're going to have to pick that up with Abhishek and uh, Chaitan later. Oh, but... looks like my invite's right here. <laughs> Guys, I know you can't see, but Persis like literally acted like she found an invite under the table, like acted it out. What is that? Is that a condom? Huh? No, why was that big? It's a face mask. Also, Sarah, well, I guess I could have. I could have condoms. You're right, though. Why would it be that big? <laughs> For um, my big dildo. Oh, oh, we know you have a little one, though. I think you've told the pod. <laughs> a little bigger <laughs> one. Listen, guys, I don't need a big one, truly. Chloe talked about being TMI in this in this episode, but I feel like we might be more TMI. Not that it's a competition. Very TMI, Chloe. I think if we have to make, who knows? We'll do a comparison. Um, This, in case you missed it, made me really excited for your future wedding whenever it happens and all the Indian influences that are going to be part of the um, celebrations, mostly me wearing a langa, an emerald green langa. And I would love for you to do like two weddings one in Kolkata, or even um, Kerala, whatever. It's your choice, I guess. Not mine. Because that's where my grandma is. And Kerala is so beautiful. Um, yeah. Not that Kolkata isn't. And then you, you do a second wedding, though, in Canada. And No, I'm, if, I'm thinking Greece. A wedding in Greece and a wedding in Kerala? Yeah, I Are think a wedding, in Greece would, a wedding in Greece would be so beautiful. It's I didn't just, know like, you were so doing gorgeous. it then. I didn't know we were going to do a destination, baby. I'm going to have to save for that. Yeah, better get saving. I have expensive taste. That'd be cute if you ended up marrying a Greek girl, because then it could be like just very vivid, all like all the the two cultures intertwined. That would be very beautiful, actually. In Santorini, I don't do it in Santorini. That's too, it's too like tourist obvious. You got to do it on another one of the islands. They're so beautiful. Maybe, what about like Mykonos? Yeah, it's also really touristy and party, but. What's like, what's like (laughs) a a hidden getaway? 
Um, so there's one spot. I'm going to find it really quick. It starts with a P. Hold on. Hold on, hold on. Also, uh, quick update. Olivia has left the bed. Building. Olivia, I repeat, is walking. She looks a little wobbly, but she's walking to her <laughs> food bowl. Okay? She's alive. <laughs> Thank God. Okay. The Greek island I'm talking about is called Paros. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. P-A-R-O-S. And it's supposed to be stunning and it's not super touristy or often visited. So um, little hot tip. I also, one of my best friends in the world is Greek and she really loves Crete. Um, so we could do the wedding on one of those islands, baby. Perfect. Is it, am I getting married to you? I'm just feeling a little like not excited about about, <laughs> about marrying me. Yeah. We'll talk about this later. It's just like, I just, yeah. Uh-huh. We'll definitely be talking about this later. Yeah, I've just been thinking. <laughs> Persis is being an actor today. You've got your acting chops sharp sharpened after I made that real of you. Getting I think excited it's in for there. our event. I think it's in there. <laughs> it's in to you me. to give, baby. It's in you to give. That was convincing for a sec, eh? I was like, yeah, sir, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I mean, I was convinced. I don't know about everyone else, but I was worried our wedding was getting called off. Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. I'm just not really feeling excited at the thought of marrying you. <laughs> I'm saying that. Purse, you know I need constant validation. <laughs> Even though this is fake, it's making me feel really sad. I want someone that to marry me That was me. That was me. That was me. I'm sorry. If anyone out there secretly wants to marry me, can you, can you let us know? Just they let will. us know. Call, call, call the pod. <laughs> we don't, I don't know why I said call the pod, but call us and let us know. Call us on DM. Yeah, DM us. Okay, well, that was our in case you missed it. Congratulations to the happy couple. Um, yes, we're excited for India as a country. What a great moment and um, more to come. More beautiful, very public celebratory weddings um, to come. Queer weddings. Exactly. Please. And only queer weddings. Yeah, no one else is allowed <laughs> to get married, especially us, apparently. Especially us. Yeah, we'll talk about it later, okay? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you guys got this part, but she's not excited <laughs> about the thought. So um, anyway, <laughs> uh, talk to you guys later. Talk to you later. Later, skater. <laughs> <laughs>